0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. During the week, the uh, major Belgian brewing conglomerate InBev lost 5% of its total value, roughly about 6 billion euros worth of value. It lost this because of a marketing campaign, not even a marketing campaign, it sent a, a customized six pack to a um, TikTok influencer by the name of Dylan Mulvaney. It sent her this uh, six pack because she was a year into transitioning from male to female and Bud Light wanted to recognise this. She then made a video of this fact put it up online. Uh, The backlash was fairly significant from Bud Light's core demographic, which doesn't seem to want to be associated with transgender transitioning. And uh, therefore, the market value of the parent company has been dropping, not quite like a rock, but it has lost some uh, value. So as to the merits of whether or not that is deserved is a separate issue. But we thought it'd be worth looking at marketing steps that caused a counterproductive result for the company that took them. And no better person to do that than brand expert Pat Kinsley. Pat, good morning.
1: Good morning to you, Anton. How are you?
0: I'm good. We have to start close to home with one that is the defining classic. They said it couldn't work. Wow.
1: They said it couldn't be done, done, done It has been done, done, done. done. New Guinness life, A totally new beer. There's never been anything like it. Cool, cool, cool. Refreshing. Refreshing. Satisfying. And a lot lighter than it looks new guinness light breaks all the rules it gets the balance just right new guinness light who said it couldn't be done by God, they laid that on with a the trowel, they, didn't they? they? they, they real Hollywood-style stuff there, huh? So they said it couldn't be done, and it couldn't. And it couldn't. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So here we are. It's the 1970s. The guys up the road here in James's Gate are scratching their head. All these new fizzy types of fresher beers are coming out. The younger people want something different. They're sitting in the boardroom and saying, what are we going to do? We have this big, heavy, dark stuff that's been part of the culture for a long time. They go out. They do intensive research between 18, 24-year-old males, right? Intensive. Research. But what they didn't do, they didn't do research in the pub. All right. So now when you introduce this. This Guinness Light, first of all, the name. Maybe before it's time. If you brought it out now, possibly a big winner. All right. You see what's being done nowadays. So the time they maybe have been, uh, I guess they were f- forecasting the future, but at the wrong time for themselves. Anyway, they put it back in, and what did the men say? This is your drink and a lady's drink here. The name was wrong. The whole essence was wrong. Guinness at that time in the seventies was the man's. I guess what was it? What did they call it? It was his 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 ro- his passage into manhood is what Guinness was all about back then. So they were just a bit ahead of their time. How long did it last? Oh, it only lasted months and it had to be pulled. Boom right off very quick you know a lot of money put behind it look at look at that it was one of the biggest ads ever made right
0: I wonder did it inform the planning for large entities in how they release new products because you now see things like McDonald's they do little soft launches in one or two jurisdictions it's on yeah. for a trial period and they yeah. see if it lasts it's
1: very interesting the way to do it or you know or you can see like some people bring out seasonal or monthly types of you know the the, the type of recipe for the thing and if it works then they, they test it out. back then they went all oh, guns and they did it didn't they and it's didn't work.
0: Now, it was as much a product failure as it was a marketing failure, but there have been some notable ones where the product was fine, it was just the way the marketing guys went about it that caused problems. And Netflix has actually done a documentary on one of those. This is the Pepsi Harrier Jet.
1: Yeah, that's a brilliant one. That's a brilliant one. That's actually uh, when you look at it, it's the David and Goliath story, alright? Here's a fella, what's his name? Uh, his name is John Leonard, he's 20 years old. Pepsi come out now, it's 1996, they show this really cool ad, really cool ad, of this young fella going to high school, arriving in a Harrier Jet, boom down front. Who doesn't want a piece of that? Macho, macho stuff. So they advertise the thing, if you collect 100 Pepsi uh, points, you get Get uh, sunglasses, T-shirts, and so on and so forth. But if you do seven million of them, seven million, you can get this Harrier jet. That's their advertising. That's their marketing, right?
0: Introducing the new Pepsi stuff catalog. Now, the more Pepsi you drink, the more great stuff you're going to get.
1: Sure beats the bus. But Pat, everybody would know that that was clearly a joke. Well, they advertise it. Who said it's a joke? If you're uh, and you're 20 years old and you're hungry plus the fact is they put something out there like that this fella you got to remember he looked at that and he says hold on a second 7 million he went and did his research and he found out you didn't actually have to buy all this Pepsi you could actually buy the points at 10 cent the point right These. so he took the Pepsi challenge he was probably the first one so but he three, worked
0: out that if you could spend 700 grand you could effectively yeah, buy a yeah. Harrier
1: jump jet but the, the story gets better he happens to have 7 friends that want to give him 100 grand as an investment so they're all in on it they all want a piece of this plane right so he arrives into Pepsi's headquarters with a check for 708,050 cents. Check, here you go, here's all my points, I'm ready. And then guess what? They can't sell him it. They don't want to sell him it. So he takes them to court and so on. And the story goes back and forth and they fight. He lost it the other day. But the one thing that we learned from this is they made a big mistake and that's actually what changed the whole world of T's and C's. It really just tightened it up so there's so much more legal stuff going on T's and C's because they promised. But they were still bold enough to bring the ad out again and say now it's because it was supposed to be 700 million but they just thought it'd be too hard to save so they cut it down on the editing floor to 7 million but they brought it back out at 700 million and then they said we're just kidding as a disclaimer bold Pepsi If you want to see the uh,
0: documentary on that which is a highly entertaining documentary it is uh, there for streaming on Netflix Now there's one th- where it is not often that you get marketing missteps. And in this instance, it's a combination of two entities which have a long record in being very clever in how they mm. market. You 2 and oh, yeah. Apple. Yeah, yeah. How did they get this wrong?
1: How did they get this wrong? Uh, I, I, I think the best way to, to start this one here, there was a great quote that was from some wise crack uh, social media head. And he said he woke up in the morning to find Bono in my kitchen. He was drinking my coffee. He was wearing my dressing gown. He was reading my paper. I didn't invite him. How did he get here? Alright
0: Let's remind ourselves how we got there because this of course was Apple's decision to include Songs of Innocence and Experience that that U2 album as uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for as a uh, a special gift is probably the nice way to put it on some of their devices
1: This is it Songs of Innocence and now normally bands come on they're trying to flog an album but
0: everyone's got it already (laughs) (laughs) so What's, What's the, point? the point? So all the people that got very annoyed that it was given to them free, they now get to buy it and Bono has made this point a couple of times around this yeah. he said the job of a band is to get your music to people's yeah, ears yeah, this yeah, was yeah, a success
1: Yeah, and I, I watched that clip again there last evening I thought it was brilliant because what he also said if you listen to the clip a little bit further on there is uh, maybe at that stage a lot of people are starting to lose interest in you too and they wouldn't be talking about him. he said at least now they're talking about us whether it's good or bad they're talking about us which is an old marketing uh, conversation really, did it the- work from Apple's perspective <laughs> I think it backfired on both of them because actually, ironically, I still have this thing on mine and it's the only one. I've never ever purchased music that way. It's just, I, I listen to, to music the old-fashioned way uh, and and I still have the album on mine. It, it didn't work for both of them because it was considered junk mail. Now, this is the first time we probably saw cyber junk mail if you think about it that way. And and why it didn't work as well is because what they did is they stepped over a boundary. They actually, they actually went into a place and they changed almost their person personality, also you too have the problem with this as well, to tell people this is basically what you want. And that's not the way of of, of approaching it. So we have to remember from a business point of view, there's the functional side of running your business and there's the emotional side. And a lot of times people forget about the emotional side. That's called the branding side. That's the one that has relationships with people. And what we need to do is make sure that we're astute enough to know how to control that. If we step over that barrier, we we can change brand fans into really serious enemies. And possibly no better
0: example of that happening than what seems to be a fairly egregious misstep from BIC, who are the, the pen and razor company and, of yeah, course, much yeah, beyond that. Yeah, yeah. BIC decided that one of the main problems with pens was that they didn't work for women. Yeah. Does anybody have a pen? No, thanks. No.
1: With its fabulous styling and smooth writing,
0: Bic for her is the only choice. Bic, more for your money, always. I can't think of the amount of times that, Pat, I have seen women struggling to use just normal male pens. This must have been a huge success.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women have a trouble, have a lot of trouble using How pens. How did this get yeah, through a boardroom? Well, this is actually, it's, and it's funny because of doing a bit of research to come on to talk to you here, I found a new thing that I absolutely love. It's called Solution assumption, all right? They made a big mistake because they didn't go out and talk to people. Just what I, just was, I was talking about before, how brands, they don't go out and communicate there. You know, it's ironic though. Big can have a razor, okay? And they will make it pink and charge you a lot of money for it. And if you're a woman, you no. say... you see, I think they can make a theoretical
0: argument that says that the positioning of the hand is different when shaving a leg to could, a face. But
1: obviously and that the, the women are- didn't buy that one, Anton. <laughs> they just didn't buy it, all right? Come on. Um, How long did the big pen for women actually survive? I think the day it was put out on the shelves, it was thrown back. People just said, we do not need pink and purple pens. We can write with men pens. I assume, though, one of the challenges
0: for a marketing department is trying to find the balance between wanting to be talked about and get noticed, which requires you to push the edge a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But not stepping
1: up yeah well i mean you see a lot of brands out there and the, the word that's come up in the last decade is being disruptive but there's being disrupted to get noticed all right but usually you have to have the backup plan going back to what i explained it's the functional side the emotional time you go out you do your research you ask your questions and then you put the plan no different from what you would do at home you if you want to do something going forward you actually ask you talk about it and you plan it out if it's business it's branding
0: If you were a betting man, going back to where we started, InBev is now faced with this discovery that a lot of their core market Mm. for Bud Light is boycotting Mm. them. Mm. If you were them, would you worry? or do you think the boycott will lose steam and everybody will go back to what they were doing before yeah.
1: it all started? See, something, that's becoming a lot bigger than even the conversations that we're having here because we're actually now talking about challenge the American way, all right? So Bud Light, which is supposed to be one of the icons, just like Guinness is an icon over here, is American, all right? And America was supposed to be about free speech, okay? And now Bud Light is there now saying it has a relationship or it's standing behind Dylan, okay? And she's gone out, she's had a, a year, she's selling, Celebrating that Bud wants to do that maybe Bud is taking the bigger step here because then you got this other doofus here what's his name Kid Rock right he's with a machine gun and he's shooting tins of beer. Now, that's the problem with America, all right? And you can hear from this voice. I ain't from this country here, all right? That's the problem with America, okay? So, but, Kid Rock, specifically. Well, all the Kid Rocks. There's a whole load of Kid Rocks out there, all right? And there's one man that wants to probably become president again, but we're not getting there, all right? But what I'm saying is Bud now is maybe making a bigger stance to say, hey, America, it's got to change, and this is an opportunity. Maybe we don't know. Let's look at that.
0: Pat, thank you very much. That is Pat Kinsley. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.